welcome to West North London, where we've got the Champions League song playing on repeat. I'm Caleb. <laughs> and I'm Tim. Uh, I got so excited uh, yesterday. Arsenal YouTube put on just a short little like we're back in the Champions League video. And it just was kind of the highlights of all our Champions League past. And it was like a minute 25. And I, I that's when I started getting the flutters about this game. And so I'm, I'm excited to be back in the Champions League. I, I almost never get for some reason the the algorithm on tiktok has not figured out that i like arsenal even though i follow arsenal it just doesn't give me soccer content at all yeah but today this morning that video the we're back video popped up and i was like yes this is what i needed to start my day <laughs> it finally it finally figured it out right at the perfect time yeah but yeah i was, I was pumped it's it's hard though like i we've talked about before like in our in our younger years we could skip out of work and uh go watch these mm-hmm. things at lunchtime and and have a beer you still get to do that it's part of your yes. job but <laughs> i'm i'm missing that i'm missing that part of of being in champions league or you know even when we were in europa league i missed that i missed i missed uh i miss watching it with you and doing that yeah. but uh there's something fun about it but you know wednesday thursdays are my days off so Actually, having Wednesday games, they're generally perfect for me because I don't even have to work. I can just sit there and have a beer and, and just enjoy the game. And Thursday games are like that, too, when we're in Europa League. But Tuesday games are going to be a little bit harder for me because I actually have to work during the game. Yeah, that's a drag. I yeah, I couldn't even pay full attention to the game today, even though I was super pumped about it. But uh, results really make up for not being able to watch it you know (laughs) (laughs) i did fully watch it had my arsenal jersey on and everything i pulled out my uh i have an actual real non-bootleg arsenal jersey that i bought after we won the fa cup in 2020 and i rarely wear it because it was so expensive and i don't want to get it too dirty but i i pulled it out for today because it felt like a special occasion nice yeah you gotta something about the authentic ones it feels like you're you're cheering for them like more yeah <laughs> real in a more real way somehow yeah it's more precious <laughs> yeah but speaking of bootlegs my brother-in-law is coming back from his honeymoon in africa and oh, nice. i i i i pretty much said he had to go on a mission and find me an arsenal jersey while he was there so we'll see oh, what kind of what kind of bootleg he comes back with oh i love a good bootleg you you picked up a bootleg arsenal jersey in uh in kenya right yep i i have a Puma one. I, 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 I'm curious if the Adidas ones are, are any better. Um, the, the Puma <laughs> one, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, but it, it you know, it, it looks fine. You just, yeah. It's just, a, just the little things, you know, <laughs> that's what makes them uh, fun. I, yeah, I love the little things. Yeah. I, I, I like that. It has a story. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Champions League has us all excited, but uh, we, you know, it, it's uh, we got quite a bit to talk about because we're sandwiching yeah. this between uh, an Everton match over the weekend and uh, North London Derby coming up <sighs> in, yeah. um, in a few days. So lots to talk about today. So let, let's uh, let's get to beers. What do you got this week? I got I found this in the free pile at work, and I don't know how it got here and the the can itself is a little uh disfigured yeah but it's it seems sealed it's a, a beer from nigeria actually <laughs> speaking of africa it's a karma hot and haze by 
Baturi Brewery in Ni- Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, I I did open it beforehand and sniff it to make sure it didn't go bad, and it smells okay. It's a hazy with a barley and sorghum, which is interesting and gives a little African twist with the sorghum. It's at a 6%. I generally don't like hazies, but I've never had a Nigerian beer, so I'm I'm kind of interested. I'm really concerned about that can. Yeah, I am too. But as I said, I sniffed it and it, it seemed fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to kill me. I don't think it's gone bad. Um <laughs> It's a hazy. It's it's very much lighter, and I would expect that from, uh, you know, Africa. I'm guessing Nigeria doesn't have a huge hop culture, so the hops themselves aren't going to be readily available. So it's much lighter than you'd expect for a hazy. A little bit sweet, but it's it's good. It has a very it has a one of those fruity flavors of the haze. I know there's no added fruit, but it definitely has like a a fruity flavor to it. I drink it. It's very drinkable. If I die in the middle of the episode, I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to kill you slowly. Yeah, It'll be like ne- next week. And they'll be like, what, what happened? And they'll never be able to trace it back. <laughs> and then somebody will listen to the podcast and understand that it was the beer all along. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the can was intact. Like it, it didn't have any leaks. It just, you know, looks expanded. Uh-huh. <laughs> I imagine the the fermentation didn't stop. So it might be a little bit higher than 6%. Ah, yeah, and, that's true. And they probably didn't clarify it, and so that's where the extra uh, expansion came from. But yeah, I, I'd recommend it. I'd, I'd have another. I'd like to go check out this brewery at some point. Nice. Um, I we need to get some. Uh, we need to get some Tusker on the show at some point. Mm. I still have a can of Tusker. It's opened and empty, but I still kept the can of the Tusker. Uh-huh. It's a vase now. Ah, nice. I, yeah. I I saw somewhere had like a Tusker sign for sale and it oh. might have been like an antique shop or something, but it was, it was way more expensive than I wanted to spend on that. But yeah. I have regrets. Yeah. Tusker, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, Kenyan beer that uh, me and Caleb drank a lot of when we were down and kind of starting in yeah. the airport and yeah. never stopping. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was good. Um, that was one of those ones where it was hot, so you didn't want something too heavy. It hit mm-hmm. the spot. Uh, well, since you're not since you're not drinking Tusker, what is your your beer? Yeah, I, I I went back. I actually like this um, Deschutes uh, Cosmic Creatures IPA, so I have some more of that. Yeah. It's uh, I think it was it was it was a too good of a deal to pass up. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, it's it's right down the middle. Um I think uh what's the one I had recently? There was another Deschutes I had. I I like this one a little bit better. Mm. Um, in terms of the the Deschutes options. I'm trying to think what is it the Mirror Pond? Yeah, so yeah, Mirror standard? Pond. Well, that's sort of like pale. Uh they have a uh a stout that's pretty popular too. Are they the one that do the uh the citrus one? What is it called? Squeeze or something like that? Uh fresh squeezed IPA is one of them. Yeah, that's their hazy. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of what their just standard IPA is called. 
I mean, I grew like probably the first one of the first craft beers I had was the mirror Pond, the uh, local cafe at my college. That was their standard was a uh, mirror pond on tap. Yeah. Yeah. That one's been around forever. Um, I can't think, I guess maybe I'm thinking of mirror pond. I had one recently, but maybe it was mirror pond. I don't know. This is, this does not make for good listening, but yeah, drink, drink to shoots. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long story short. Um, so that's beers. Let's talk about Tim bit. Well, I mean, you mentioned it briefly in your intro and we didn't even plan this, which is, uh, one of my favorite things of the champions league is that, uh, the, the epic, uh, champions league anthem, the like choral box sounding, the champions, der Meister, uh, song, which is always fun to listen to. But I was, I was wondering if, if, if you could pick a champions league anthem, what would you, what would you pick? Would you pick a current song or if you couldn't, if you didn't pick a current song, what kind of like song would you keep a classical feel to it would you go more like rock and roll what would you do for a champions league anthem i it's the thing i do like about the the current one is it it makes it feel elevated and classy somehow Mm -hmm. like it adds it adds the right level of epicness but adding some pomp and circumstance to the whole thing um so i feel like you have to keep that that vibe a little bit like you it you don't want to cheapen it too much. Mm-hmm. You got to, it, it's got to feel pretty epic in its own way. Um, I'm trying to think of a, I feel like this, there should be like a Hans Zimmer sort of uh, rendition of, <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I, I would, I would probably just hire him to, to write a, a new version. That's got a little bit more rock guitar, but like the same sort of like epic choir situation yeah. going on. I do like a Hans Zimmer. I think that would be a fun, fun one. I think he he would take a good pass at it. I think he would make make something pretty cool. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a Danny Elfman scored one. That'd be fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit more goofy and fun, but it would probably not be as 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 elevated. I think. Yeah. Um. Who? Well, you could you could always go even more class and go John Williams. Get oh, kind yeah. of a an, an Indiana Jones or Star Wars type, uh, you know some some of those Star Wars songs can be pretty epic that he's written. So I think there could be something to that degree where you, it, it's kind of like the um, uh, the the Empire March, you know, something that when mm-hmm. you're walking out onto the field you feel kind of badass. <laughs> I mean the 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 Empire March would be pretty rad to, to, to march out on, especially if you embrace, like I'd see a team like uh, Atletico Madrid or something, march out to that, like embrace the bad boy status. And uh, huh, I like that. Or, uh, or like the, uh, the new star Wars composer, he he's done the uh, Mandalorian and he's doing the new Ashoka theme songs. I like his like, kind of like using kind of weird insp- instrumentation, very like sparse feeling that could be fun. Yeah. What did he, it was like big recorders or something in the, um, yeah. That Mandalorian theme. Yeah, he does. He does some interesting instrumentation, which I I like that too. I I, I it'd be interesting to go for more like Mandalorian theme sort of vibe for the Champions League. <laughs> what a big change <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be. Because like I mean I do like the Champions League song, but mainly just because it it it's the memories that are around it. It, it does have a little bit of cheese to it that it is uh-huh. a little much sometimes, but. 
It's but, kind of Pav- yeah. Pavlovian in that in the sense that I kind of like want to reach for a Heineken whenever that song plays. So they, <laughs> they did something right. Exactly. They're in your head. <laughs> um, it's kind of, you know, um, for a long t- you know, y- younger folk might not remember, but for a long time, um, Barclays was so intertwined with the Premier League. Like it was like the bank was very much their advertising was um all up in all up in that <laughs> so yeah i felt i felt like for a long time that was what i would always think of and now it's kind of been more removed from the premier league so it's uh it's kind of like a a time capsule to think of the when it was way more promoted by that yeah it's funny there was a point where they would just refer to it as the barclays not the premier league you'd call it the barclays mm-hmm yeah, Which before is, the before the EPL, it was the BPL. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, weird, uh, weird weird times. Sponsorships. Yeah, does Barclays still sponsor it? I don't know what. I, I think they are a sponsor to some degree, just not not to the level that they were when it was like named after them. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, if I just search Barclays, just the bank comes up. <laughs> Which is funny. I It's funny because it's a, a very English specific thing for a worldwide brand that like, you know, like it's not like I'm going to go open a Barclays account here in Bellingham. Right. Whereas I can grab a Heineken for the Champions League. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, it's it's it is funny when you see the. Um, uh the big sponsors that are that kind of um like when a when a team gets promoted and they still kind of have like their local sponsor for a little bit or you know they're heavily mm-hmm. uh you see like the um uh the bus services and stuff like that that are like just local to that town it's that that stuff's great i i love seeing that when it makes the national stage and it's like oh that that guy's getting big advertising for being <laughs> such a small small player in like the local bus scene <laughs> it's like uh on Wrexham's jersey the first season for the documentary was e4 williams which is a local like oh yeah wasn't like, it like farm equipment oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like that they just embraced it they're like well we've got you i guess we'll do our we'll do your ads yeah <laughs> um i haven't watched the new season of that yet i'm not it's up good. on my Hulu stuff. I, I just watched the uh, latest two episodes last night. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta get Hulu back. Probably once this yeah. season's done, I'll jump back on it. But yeah, wait. You gotta wait until it's all out so you can binge. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of annoyed. I can't binge that because they're only like 20 minute episodes, so it ends so quickly. Oh yeah. Did you watch? We're getting off topic here, but did you watch <laughs> the um, All or Nothing? german national team oh no i haven't watched that yet yeah i i was curious about it about that if anybody's seen it um i might circle back to that at some point yeah that might be a a fun little watch Mm -hmm. especially in an international break yeah yeah all right uh so on to the actual game that we are here games (laughs) that we are here to talk about um Let's let's talk about Everton and the the boogeyman that was uh, Goodison Park. I don't know mm-hmm. how we got 
over a decade before we could pull off a win there. Um, but you know, think weird, weird little facts pop up like that. Weird little records and streaks pop up like that, and they make for good storylines. And but I, I don't know how much uh, of a talking point that would be in the locker room. I wonder if that's a motivator when Arteta's doing his team speech to say, "Hey, we haven't won here in a long time. We got to figure this out." Um, I'm sure it's a more of a motivator when you go to um, go to play Liverpool, but uh, maybe against Everton, it's like we should be winning against Everton. There's no excuse not to win against yeah. Everton, home or away. I mean, I, I would think that it, he wouldn't even mention it because it, it 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 does feel like one of those statistically statistic anomalies. I mean, there's something to be said, uh, you know, the Everton's home ground is generally well supported. Their fans are generally, you know, backing the team. I think this this season, maybe a little bit less so with everything going on in Everton's world. But uh, Mm. it's a hard place to play and has been traditionally a hard place to play. But uh, I think Arteta would just really go in with the mindset of trying to be Everton and not necessarily trying to break a hoodoo or add that extra pressure onto the team. Cause you don't want that in the back of their minds either. Right. The, the other elephant in the room going into this game was the, uh, goalkeeping situation, which stood out like a sore thumb when the lineup came, uh, came out. And I think there'd been some talk from Arteta leading up to this game that he, um, was looking at, I don't, I don't know if he said it publicly or if it got leaked or something happened where there was this idea in the ether that Raya was going to get a shot to play sooner or later, sooner than later, I should say. And we, I think we had talked about at some point Raya was going to play in this run of games. Uh, I can't remember what were our predictions were in terms of the Everton match. I think I think I think we were saying uh, Ramsdale starts Everton or no Raya starts Everton Ramsdale starts Champions League was kind of our our general thought on it that, uh, you know, it's split up the goalkeeping. So it wasn't that that surprising, but it's I mean, it's still it was still definitely an interesting blip in that. Uh, I mean, everything that Arteta was saying, and especially after the game, was this idea that you know, uh, Rhea has a, a, a better ability to handle crossing. So like you're kind of like playing different, different keepers for different teams was what kind of Arteta was saying. And, you know, Ramsdale's not great against the cross and Rhea is, mm-hmm. and we're expecting a lot more crosses coming in from Everton. That's kind of how they've beaten us previously. And it's, you know, a team is just trying to like throw things into the box. Yeah. I, I think, based on Arteta's comments, um, there was a lot of speculation about what his intentions are with the two keepers. Uh, there's, I, I guess, one read of the um, quotes that he was making was, you know, he could be, he could break that barrier that hasn't really been broken and potentially do a. a a swap of a keeper mid game. And I think some people are latching onto some of his language as him maybe wanting to go in that direction. And I I could definitely see where, where people are coming from with that. And, and it wouldn't shock me 
because I feel like when you're talking about Arteta in the scope of, of coaches out there, um, he's definitely a product of, of Pep. He's a product of anger. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, Cruyff uh, in his uh, wheelhouse. You know, he's, he's pulled a lot of different uh, managerial experiences to create his own style but he hasn't yet made his own personal mark on the game yet. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it would not shock me if he wanted to go out there and try some new things and um, break uh, some preconceived notions. And his language definitely leans towards him wanting to experiment with this uh, goalkeeping situation. So I'm, it would not shock me if he decided to, to switch keepers in a game to, to change the state of the game. Cause he alluded to matches where he wished he could have and didn't. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with him. I think, you know, sometimes it'd be an interesting thing to do because no one really does it. Mm-hmm. And so everyone just kind of takes it as gospel that, you know, you don't switch keepers mid game and, you know, his point of why is it different than a midfielder? Why, why, why don't you do that as a, I don't know. It's an interesting thought experiment. I wouldn't necessarily want to be the guinea pig all the time on that because <laughs> uh-huh. like it could end disastrously. There could be a very solid reason why they don't do it, but it feels like a lot of a, I don't know, like just everyone does it because that's the, what everyone's been doing type of type of logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you should see some of the, uh, the uh commentators i'm sure you have of like the tv commentators talking about the uh the fact that they've that he's kind of seemingly dropped ramsdale and how apoplectic most of them are you know uh, schmeichel on today's coverage of the uh champions league yeah was just ripping arteta apart for uh for doing this and it was it was interesting to see Henri both Kyogre and Henri were kind of defending arteta being like no he got a player he feels like he has the qualities to start him, so why wouldn't you start him? I guess it's, yeah, it it, it is interesting. Um, I think the idea being you've got a up and coming English keeper. I think that irks mm-hmm. some English uh, pundits and fans uh, that that he would get benched in favor of somebody else. When I think there's a lot of Arsenal support, English national team support. I think there's people that want to see him continue to um, push to take over for Pickford, and uh, so I, I can get, I can understand that that aspect of it. Um, but you're right. I think like he's well. I think w- with what Henri and Carragher were um, were getting on is like if you have a quality player. And he's pushing in, in practice, or he's he's making a case for being on the field. You have to treat that position like any other position um, that that you have competition in. And if if the hot hand is is Raya and he's pushing, then you play him. And mm-hmm. it, it, if it's it, if it's anybody else, I mean, I, I don't know. It, maybe maybe a, a different um, player would would have a different. Uh, reaction but ramsdale being who he is and where he is and i think that that adds to the controversy a little bit Mm -hmm. 
I agree. The Englishness is definitely like uh, part of part of the uh, the issue and kind of the the kickback, especially because he started a couple games for England in this last international break. But I mean, if you look at how uh, Ramsdale got his goalkeeping spot, it's kind of a very similar situation, which is where we were all very happy with Leno mm-hmm. as fans and people watching the game. And Ramsdale came in and quickly just kind of took uh, Leno's spot. And it's just kind of one of those things that, that happens. Sometimes it's just, it's, it's not your necessary fault. And I'd like to kind of see a rotation, see how that, what that does for the team. If it does create as much chaos as, uh, you know, the, the, the wisdom says it does. Yeah. I, I, some of what Schmeichel was saying was the, uh, you know, you don't want to screw around with the mentality of the starting keeper and, and create any sort of doubt or, uh, anything that would damage the confidence of the, of the keeper. And I just don't, it, it, once you get to a certain level, I don't really buy that, that that's mm-hmm. going to be the make or break. You know, if you're not starting every game, I don't think it's going to be the thing that destroys your quality. Well, I mean, like, how is it, how is it different than a striker? You know, like, how is right. it different uh, than a midfielder that like, you know, we'll get onto how, but it's like, if you're, if you're, like you know if someone starts ahead of you does that like destroy your career you know and like there's more opportunities for outfield players to kind of get minutes as opposed to keepers but i i don't know we we could be absolutely proven wrong and it could just absolutely destroy both goalkeepers i don't know but i mean i i guess the uh, the question that this kind of begs and it it comes into him starting for uh, the champions league game today is Rhea replacing Ramsdale? Is it is it the fact that he's the starting keeper, or do you think it is still going to be kind of a uh, platooning situation? I, I, it would not surprise me for it to be a platooning thing. I, I could see the, uh, the, the Tottenham match being a Ramsdale game because I think he brings qualities that Rahat doesn't. Like he gets, mm-hmm. he gets pumped up he brings personality to to the team and i think in a in a derby match that's actually um something i kind of want like he him him getting into the crowd and and doing some of his shit houses like that kind of stuff yeah. is he is a quality that raya's not going to bring and i don't i don't necessarily think that it's like such a huge drop off in any particular area like raya's clearly very good with his feet and distribution but there's no like huge drop off to ramsdale he's also good with his feet and his distribution maybe not quite as good but it's not like he doesn't make up for it in other areas yeah i mean they i just, think i sorry oh they, they just approach things slightly differently it's not not a huge difference in my mind yeah i mean i think that uh you know ramsdale on what i've seen is a better straight up sh- shot stopper we, I mean, we haven't, I mean, the interesting thing is in the two games, you haven't really seen Ray tested at no, all either. No. It's, it's, it's not been a, so it's been difficult to kind of assess Ryan that he's done everything he needed to do, but it's not, a, he's not had to really face any, any difficulties in these last two games. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, um, 
the most you can really judge him on is how he's worked with the ball at his feet and the way he's been able to get get the ball up the field. And he's definitely, you know, the thing that the the gap or the 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 thing that Ramsdale left the door ajar on is his occasional and maybe too frequent pass that puts him in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like he try he tries to thread the needle and he get, goes like right down the middle to the opposing player. And that's like, it's a Ramsdale special. We've seen it more than a couple of <laughs> times um, and puts himself in trouble because he's, he's basically giving the ball away where his defense is up the field. And there's just, it's, it puts him like almost in a one on one situation um, with, with defenders having to scramble back. Rye doesn't look anywhere near that. Like his distribution is usually a layer or two or level or two up the field. So he's not putting himself in, in danger. And when he is playing directly out of the back, he's he seems to be very comfortable in, in tight situations and, and finding the the uh the tough pass without putting himself in danger. So it, mm-hmm. it is it is refreshing to see a slightly better version of that that back of that build up from the back. Yeah, and I know and like coming from the Pep Guardiola school that uh Rotator does, I think that's you know, Pep's very big uh, belief in goalkeeping is that they're, they they should be another outfield player. They should be very involved in the game. And he's willing to sacrifice, Pep Guardiola is willing to sacrifice some shot stopping and like traditional goalkeeping skills to have a good on the ball goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Well, Raya definitely brings different, um, a, a, a column in the back in a different way. and mm-hmm. And so I can see where, different games are going to require some, a different personality or a different um, level of passing. And, and so we're probably going to see a rotation mainly on, on tactics more than any, any sort of tiredness or fatigue. That's not really something the keeper is going to have to worry about too much in general. So it may come down to the teams that we're playing against more than anything else. And that, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it does. It just like any position, you kind of horses for courses is a, a phrase I use all the time when we're talking yeah. about rotation. And uh, I do think uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this Tottenham game coming up. Whether if it's if Rio starts that one, I really do feel like he's kind of taking over the role as you know starting keeper. Whereas if we see Ramsdale, we can kind of see more of a pattern of what's going on. I mean, it's it's also. I understand where Ramsdale would be frustrated because it's got to be difficult that he hasn't really done anything really wrong. And mm. he he's, you know, you know, in the frame for England national team keeper, but still is about to get, you know, is, is losing minutes to a, a, a new player that just came into the squad. Yeah, I mean, it's tough and I feel for him that that's that's a hard thing to to do. But I think he's he's a team player and understands that if the team's winning, that that's um that's the important piece but I, I i can understand him um being frustrated and hopefully pushing himself harder to to catch up or do what needs to be done to get get it that little bit ahead or you know if it's down to how they're practicing or whatever it may be uh you, you think that that's this little bit of pressure is going to push him to another level if there's if there's another level for him to go Mm-hmm. And, and if, if not, then, we have a good keeper either way, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, it is, as Henri said, it is Arteta's decision. This is, he feels like this is the best way to win the, win with Arsenal. And, you know, it will be as the season progresses, both in Champions League and other competitions to, to see whether Arteta was right. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he could, Arteta could be completely wrong, but you can't judge it on right now. You have to wait till these things you know, play out to to see whether the the decision is correct. I'm trying to remember when the links to Raya started, but this is a player that we've been talking about getting at Arsenal or at least looking at for quite a while. I can't remember if it predated getting Ramsdale or not, but he's definitely been a a keeper that the coaching staff has been looking at for a bit. And so it's not surprising that we got him. It's not surprising that he's getting the shot because I think that there's, um, they, they see value in what he does. And I think the the other the other thing I want to mention is that I, I I think the when we when we were talking about what will having five subs do for the game, mm-hmm. I think this is a door that opens because of that. Like we can really look at that that keeper situation in a different light when you have an extra couple subs, so you don't feel like you're burning your your other tactics you you have another mm-hmm. tactical av- avenue to take and i think when arteta alluded to games where he wished he could have switched the keeper to change the momentum i think like that makes a lot of sense when you're like a goal up and trying to shut down a game and maybe you've got uh you've got a keeper that's really good under pressure or a keeper that's really good at, at just pushing the ball up the field or is good at uh, um multitude of different things that could change up a game I why not have that as an option to to change your momentum because you would bring in defenders to try to to shore up a game if you're gonna have a Rob Holding maybe you have a keeper that you you rely on to to be your your closer so I, I that would not surprise me to have that sort of specialist or have that sort of tandem keeping situation that you could bring in um, that would give you a little something different to kind of change a game like as a as a tactical shift in the future, I, it, it wouldn't be surprising to me to go in that direction. I mean, it's kind of like a, a baseball where you have your, these pitchers that are closing pitchers that are just mm-hmm. there to like close out the last couple of innings and have a, a skill set that's able to do that. I mean, it, it's, you know, from an American sports perspective, it's a, it's, it's not crazy. Right. Yeah. I think if you have that, that extra sub or two available, it, it does, give you uh some flexibility you didn't have before and i'm sure when that rule change came into effect that was one of the things that got tossed out that of like well this this opens up new avenues of what we can do so i'm sure he's been mulling that sort of thing over for a while but it, it it'll be interesting to see if and when that happens well, and besides, uh, I mean, unless you have anything else, uh, what do you think of the uh, the Everton game besides the uh, keeping situation? Yeah, so it, it was it was pretty, I, you know, I, I think we knew it would be a tough Sean Dyche sort of match. Mm-hmm. At, and I think everybody knew what sort of team he sets up. And so when you have that and you're playing away, it's going to be a little bit of a battle. It's going to, things are going to be hard to come by. The space that you need is going to be hard to come by. And I felt like they were, um, they were fighting for every ball and it, it took, it took a long time to get the, 
the breakthrough and um it 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 required some quality you wouldn't <laughs> expect but it, it it's it's a testament to what everton's able to do to teams when they get that low block and and i'm glad that we have gotten to the point where we we have found a way to get through that because that we've been thwarted by that from smaller teams in years past and i think it it was only a matter of time before our quality and technical level got to the point where we could actually break that down and this was a great example of um grinding out a result against a a, a tough tough playing team away from home so even though everton's not the best team in the world it uh they made us work for this one for sure yeah, and I think that's the uh, the thing is that teams at this level, really, and especially the way we performed last year, we have more of a target on our back. It's not going to be, I don't think teams are going to be even thinking about it being as open as they have been in the past playing against us because they know that they can get, get punished. So, yeah, you know, breaking down this Everton team was going to be difficult. I, I, I don't really think Everton looks very threatening at any point during the game i thought it was they were really concentrated not giving up the goal and we found you know it wasn't coming through uh you know direct play but we found a way off a, a set piece to 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 really get that goal and i'm i'm here for it yeah i think um the the set piece has really become a weapon for Arsenal and we're, we're dangerous enough on them where we we're keeping teams honest. And I think the um, short corner situation at whereas it, it can be kind of a dud sometimes and just be a, um, a safe play. Uh, it's uh, it's it starting to look like a, a threat from, from Arsenal and one that other teams are going to have to respond to. I think they're mm-hmm. they're going to play as close as they can to make sure we're not able to just walk the ball into the box or have a a free uh, cross into the box where they're they're not putting as much pressure as possible because this is a great example of what a short corner can do for a team that is really on their game in those tight situations. You know, they just need a couple passes to get into a dangerous area, and it, it it's the entire perimeter of the box has really become a, a danger zone for opponents because Arsenal's finding ways to score outside the box very frequently. And so I think that being said, it's opening up a ton of space when you create that, that short corner situation, it's drawing a couple defenders out of the box. So then you can get the ball into those areas at the top of the box or closer to goal. And there's been that space that's opened up. Now you've got defenders kind of, out of position so that short corner is is going to be a great tool even as a decoy um it it, it can it can create just having odegaard walk over to the corner pulls guy out of position even if they don't even go that direction but now that they've found ways to score from that i think it, it forces teams to to kind of get out of their uh shell a little bit yeah and you know it's funny like i'm i'm an old i've been watching soccer for a while so i like i have kind of old school biases which have i've generally always hated short corners and every time a short corner gets taken whether it's the sounders or arsenal i always whisper to myself i hate short corners but i remember reading a statistic not too long ago that basically 
corners are actually one of like direct corners where you're just throwing it into the box are generally a very low statistically scoring play. It's 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 not it's not a as good of an opportunity as most fans think that it is like we all get excited about a corner start cheering but it's not a high high uh statistically scoring and that's why people start are starting to move towards the short corner where you if you move it to more dangerous areas more areas where you get a better angle into the goal that it, it becomes a more uh, statistically uh viable route of attack and what i like about the way that arsenal has built the team is you, they do have great perimeter shooters they've got guys that can um like Sokka that can make you pay from from distance as well um and the height that we have in the box can be very dangerous as dangerous as well I mean we have Gabriel who was the top scoring center back (laughs) in the league last year so it's uh the the consistency that we found on on set set pieces like that has really um kind of created a reputation and i think that that's gonna uh, make teams think about the way that they have to defend us and i'm hopeful that the more dangerous we become the more we start drawing fouls and things as as teams get more desperate to try to shut us down because i think that you know if it's called correctly you know a lot of teams get <laughs> get away with a lot in, in those that's a big sort of situations there. yeah um it, it 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 can create good scenarios for us but i think the the most important thing is that we continue to make teams pay and that, that there were, we're actually scoring off those situations. And this is just a great example of a, a team goal. It, it just happened to start from a set, a set piece. Mm-hmm. And this, this could have been for many, any buildup, but the fact that it came from a corner, it was just a way to, to set up a great um, team play that, that we've seen. We're starting to see on a more regular basis. Like this was, this is what I kind of was hoping we would get back to. I, I felt like this was the type of flow and um, technical play that we hadn't quite seen in full force so far this season. And I was like, okay, maybe we're, maybe we're turning a corner here because <laughs> it, it, it coming from Chassard as well, I think is like a good sign that like some of these things are starting to click and, and getting him going is a big piece of that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> piece of you that. know, talking about a uh, Trissard and I know uh, we have another game to talk about where he scores, but uh, seeing him kind of starting to click is a, a, a good sign. He, you know, he's took about a, it's not like he was poor last season by any stretch of the no. imagination, but I, I really feel he's become found his feet and become a solid part of this team and knows his role in the team. And that's allowing him to express himself. And it's, I'm I'm really excited about Trissard. I think he's low key one of the better signings we've made. Yeah, just the way he's been able to integrate and and slot in for different players and really not take the level down. Like he brings mm-hmm. his own skill set to whatever he has to do, whether that's covering for Martinelli or Jesus or wherever he pops up on the field. He has found found a way to be effective, and that's that has been from the bench. It has been from um, just being the the fill-in guy, you know. Like it, it, the one time he did get a start so far this year, he hasn't. He didn't look amazing, but this is um, now. Now he's starting to round into form. I think him coming off the bench or starting, he's going to be 
a really important piece for us. And the unfortunate thing was Martinelli did go go down with a an injury in this um match, which I think is why Dressard was in in the first place. It was to replace Martinelli, but um it it, it is nice to have a, such a quality player to fill in when these high profile um starting 11 guys start going down. We have some bench depth that actually um meets and surpasses the level uh of the the starting players. I mean, and, and that's what we've been talking about this since the uh, the transfer window. Like this, this amount of depth is 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 really nice. That you know that there isn't step downs from when there's injuries or dips in forms or things. That the the next person up is 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 meeting these these things. That you're not taking this massive hit. I, I you know three years ago, four years ago, when we had a, a player as important as Martinelli is to our team. Now the the next person up was a very big dip in form, you know, mm. and it's, it, it, and we're seeing that, you know, we've had some major injuries to start the season. I mean, I think we've all f- almost forgotten about timber going down early, very early in the season. And yeah. it, we haven't even really felt that because of the, the amount of depth that we've been able to do. And it's the same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping the Martinelli injury isn't, <laughs> a very long-term injury I, I i want to see him back but we have players that can step up and fill that role all over the pitch you know mm-hmm. and this is this is a a great um team goal as i said i think we i think uh trying to remember all the players that touched the ball here we had viera Trissard, saka odegaard and i think zinchenko were all involved in this mm-hmm. um and it it's one touch. It anytime you you start seeing the passes connect and it's just one touch, quick play. I it, it, you can sense it. Like it rarely when Arsenal gets on that roll and um, really starts connecting the passes, does it not eventually end up in the back of the net? Like we we've seen this when they're at their best. It's it's quick and it's forcing defenses to have to try to catch up and. Everton could not keep up with this this play, and the fact that Trussard was able to just redirect it, pretty much in the perfect spot to ding it off the inside of the post. One of my favorite types of goal. Anytime mm. you can hit that post with with force and <laughs> have it make it make a sound, because I, I feel like that's such a devastating sound, especially when it goes in. Yeah, and uh, I just love that it's just a, a redirected ball. I mean, Saka just puts it in with pace, and and Trussard just turns his foot out and and finds finds that that outside post like i you couldn't couldn't draw it up better yeah i mean these are my favorite types of goal like the the individual goals are fun like the 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 brilliant overhead kicks and beautiful volleys are always fun but like when you can get a, a, a team goal where it's you know five players all combining to really put it in the back of the net that's you know as we've talked about before, that's why we, both of us fell in love with Arsenal, and it's a, mm-hmm. it feels like it's the Arsenal way, and it, it it feels good to be getting back to those those, those days. Yeah, and I, I felt like um, that team play really transitioned well into the Champions League match today. Mm-hmm. That's that's my transition. So we'll, we'll let, unless you have anything oh, else. That's a beautiful transition. Let's let's okay. stick with that. Look at you. Yeah, um, we're you know it, it. 
I think the the Everton match really it was it was good to have have a, a solid game away from home and have a good win. But I I think you could have lost. Well, maybe not lost, but I feel like the the momentum today was really built on the back of the excitement of being in Champions League again. Mm-hmm. And for so many of these players, it's been. I mean, they were kids when Arsenal was like in in the Champions League last. Yeah. It was only six years ago, but for a lot of these young guys, that puts them in their late teens. You know, like they were they were very uh, well, not very young, but you know, they, this a lot has changed and a lot has happened, and so um, for them to finally get this opportunity with with Arsenal, especially for someone like Saka, who's gone through a lot in the last six years you know it's mm-hmm. been a, a meteoric rise for him in the last in that in that time period and to I, I think for the crowd and for the team it was palpable how much this meant to be back even even against this opponent at home you know like it didn't it didn't even matter what it was the details didn't matter it was just the fact that they were there today yeah i mean i on a personal note it, it just it it felt so good it's it, you know like we were spoiled and we were so lucky for so long that we were all in the champions league and being kind of in the wilderness for the last six years and i still watch all the champions league game champions league is you know in a lot of ways the pinnacle of the sport but it was always a weird feeling because i just it was aloof and disconnected from the champions league because i just didn't care about the, the other teams in it you know like it was just mm-hmm. it was more watching it like a scientist and to to have it back in the stadium you know we mentioned it in the the intro like watching the uh, you know the the uh we're back video and getting i i was extremely hyped to <laughs> to just to to soak it all in and get that real european and it's funny because we've played psv in European competition very recently, but it felt mm-hmm. so much different than the time we played them in the Europa League. And, you know, you, you could just, you, you could feel it. And there was a sense of, of we're back. And this is, you know, our rightful place. This is where we should be. And this is where we need to be. And it's not like a, a money thing or anything. It's just the tradition of the club. This is where we, we belong. And yeah, it, uh, it, I was so hyped coming into this game and I, 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 yeah, I, I'm still in a giddy mood about it. Yeah. And I think it, somewhere in my mind, I was worried that we might not be ready for it. You know, like with mm-hmm. all these young guys, was it, was it going to be too much? Was the occasion going to get in their head? Was it going to be, um, yeah, just, just a nervous situation where they didn't overcome those feelings and and play to their potential but lucky for us the 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 youth didn't play a factor like the the quality was there from the beginning like there's a little bit of a imposter syndrome coming into my mind when i'm like a fan of arsenal which is that like Uh we've spent so long being the banter club and so long just you know being the europa league club and not quite being at the top like i still like have a little bit of like fear that like 
are we going to just embarrass ourselves once we get to Champions League? Are we, we, we don't deserve and, you know, not to get too far ahead of us, but we definitely uh, went to the opposition and showed that we are a force in this Champions League, at least. Because, I mean, you know, Eindhoven, PSV isn't a horrible team. They've beaten they've us definitely before. They've improved the team, I think, since we yeah. played them last. I mean, I think they've added some players that are very yeah. interesting. Yeah, Sergio Dest on there. Like, it's it's a, a quality side. And we, you know, other than the uh, Barcelona game, again, that where they won 5-0, we were the biggest blowout, you know? Mm-hmm. And... So it, it, it's 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 nice that you know getting back to your point that they they weren't overall then they look like they they we look like we belonged in the competition, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's it is a, a bit of a, a a statement game to to mm-hmm. start out that way and and come in strong. I think we could have easily have limped in and done fine, but I think to come in confidently and uh, get the clean sheet and look unbothered by PSV really I think that that um that comfort level and the confidence that they played with it it's it sets a nice nice standard a nice uh floor to start out at because I don't see anybody in our group that's gonna play much better than what we saw today I mean like I I, I think Sevilla can definitely be a challenge i i I don't want to undersell anybody i I don't know how lens is and lynn is right len lille len isn't it lille not lille uh, i don't know how you pronounce it lens lens is it just lens yeah anyway i i don't want to sell anybody short because anybody can go into the champions league and, and cause problems and I think our Arsenal are always, like you said, have a target on their back at this point. But I, I think when we're playing at the at the level that we were playing today, nobody in our group is really at that level. Mm-hmm. When we're we showed that we our quality there, and and it was from the starting kickoff. It really, I felt confident the whole game. Like we just really felt dominant. You know, from the, the the opening kickoff, we really controlled the game. You got our and got our goal early enough that I it you know <laughs> calmed my heart when I was watching the game. That I'm like, all right, we got our goal, and it didn't look like we were going to stop once we got the goal. Like it's one of those things where we uh, started having our tails up, you know. Yeah, I think this looked like a. It, it was it was uh, blood in the water from the beginning. Like I think they were finding the, the spaces, they were making the the passes, and I think there were brilliant moments from a lot of players that just um, made it look easy in moments, and it uh, it it shouldn't have looked that easy against a team like Eindhoven. I think that they are they. It, they like you said they've given us problems in the past mm-hmm. so it's it is a, a testament to the team that we've built and the confidence and and the things that came out of last season to carry that momentum into the champions league i think is um uh, a real positive because it, it's not like we could tap into our europa league successes and be like yeah we've got this we really crushed everybody in european competition in the past i think it was more like well 
have we put together a team that can actually uh, live up to this Champions League level? Is is Declan Rice and, you know, are these little pieces that we've put a ton of money into, are they actually going to come together to put us at that level? And I think as a start, as a start, we, we mm-hmm. look really good. I don't think we're even at our full level yet. I think this these past couple of games we're starting to look like we're getting there. But that's uh, um, it's nice to kind of feel like we're still easing into it. It's not like we're at our peak yet. Yeah, and, and you, uh, someone you briefly mentioned him that I thought had a, a really good game was Declan Rice. I thought uh, mm-hmm. I was really impressed of the way he played the 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 role that he played. He he was instrumental in and in breaking up PSV anytime they were looking like they were getting past that like midfield band. I I didn't have a notebook, but I was making mental notes of all the uh, kind of breakups that he had there and was able to do something that I think party never really got, which is not just the breakup, but then to switch it into a dangerous offensive attack. He was distributing the ball from his, his defensive position so well. And again, like every time I've seen rice play, I've been more and more impressed and more and more like he's, he's, he's worth the money. He's the real deal, you know? Yeah. I think if you, he's one of those guys you actually have to pay attention to because he, does he's he's so smooth about the way that he does things he's not necessarily flashly flashy until he is like Mm -hmm. he can be fairly anonymous and just be passing the ball along he's not necessarily gonna make huge dribbles and score goals and that's not his game necessarily but what he does do is calmly move the ball along break things up pop up in areas that create pressure situations to create turnovers. Um, he does those things so, so quickly and, and with confidence and it, it he's, he doesn't uh, necessarily make headlines, but he's really good, just consistently good. Like uh, there's no, there's no, no other way to put it, but he, he makes you forget that party is injured. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it, it's been a non-issue and that's, mm-hmm. that's the real value there is that party can be out and I, so what if, unless somebody else like goes down, he is like rice has got this covered. Yeah. I mean, like, like in my mind, he's definitely an upgrade on party. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily play exactly the same role, but, uh, I, I would, on the way he's been playing, I, I would be starting rice over party every day of the week. If that was the the binary decision. Mm, yeah. But I think having party out. has not, has not crossed my mind that even going into this stretch of games where, you know, yeah. with, with champions league and the Derby match, I, I think this would have been a huge headline last year. Yeah. And it, it's just a non, non-factor. No, definitely. Like I, I actually, until I started thinking about it for this podcast, I forgot about party and that's, and mm. you know, and I'm really not trying to slate party too much. Like I, I think he's a good player as well, but like, it's just like, it shows you how much and how easy rice has fit into this team that it's, as you said, a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we, there, there's so many great goals in this game. We should talk through those. Uh, mm-hmm. the, 
the first one we kind of alluded to was the uh, early goal by Saka in the eighth minute. He really, uh, I think, getting that out of the way and feeling like we were in the driver's seat early on was was a a, a big piece to the way that the scoreline turned out because um, I think you, you kind of calm the nerves when you when you score early. So if there was any, it it, it really. Saka kind of saved us from ourselves in that sense. <laughs> well, I mean, and we can talk about it for each of the goals, but it, I think each of the goals are exactly the, the I don't know, the stereotype of what that person does. And like that Saka goal, we've seen that goal so many times. It's just on the, on the uh, right side, difficult angle, just buries it and it's become a specialty and you know this goal was was no different it was a it was a deflected shot the keeper cup if i remember correctly yeah i think odegaard had the uh um initial shot and and saka the rebound there and it was yeah just that was a that was an enkedia goal in in many ways you know kind of being in the right place at the right time but Mm -hmm. it did have that sock of flair because of that tight angle he was able able to curl it in on so um yeah we've seen variations of that and he's just he's so deadly in that right right hand side it's like if he's in the box he doesn't he doesn't get frazzled too often like you give him enough chances in a game he's gonna put one of those away Mm mm-hmm and you know, and he's really becoming a special specialist on those tight angles, and it's it, it's 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 a, such an awesome weapon because you know a keeper now just really can't give up any deflection, especially on mm-hmm. that right hand side, because you know that Sokka is going to be there to to clean it up, and he, no matter the angle, he's going to be able to put that in. Yeah, uh, yeah. It it the better he gets, the more space he's going to create for Odegaard and anybody else on that right-hand side. You know, he forces teams to have to put some someone close to him all the time. Two people, if they can afford it. We've seen three in some situations, but <laughs> you, all that really does is open up space for the rest of uh, the team. So um, when he's at his best, he's really uh, causing headaches for defenses and it's really just hard to stop those those tight angles from him. Like he just finds a way to to sneak it in. But it, uh, when we talk about the automatisms or whatever it may be uh, with, with this team, the things that have become automatic, it's it is getting Saka into that space and just watching him work. It seems like he he has become a little bit of a magician to make make things happen. No matter where where he pops up on that side, he's he's finding ways to make the keeper work, or you know he he has a, a lot of tricks in his bag at this point, and that's it's nice to see that he's just feeling confident. That that's the most important part for him, I think, is just continuing to um, find joy in the game, so that he's not bogged down by the pressure. Because I think that is. Uh, a factor when you're young and, and up and coming and starting to win awards and get looks and uh, become a, more of a star on the national level. It, it, you have that risk where it's like the pressure can build. But if, as long as he's scoring, I think he's he's in a great spot. He doesn't have to worry. 
I mean, and, and he used the word up and coming and I'd almost quibble that he's not up and coming. I think he's, he's there. I think he is a genuine, he, he is really taking the place of a, a star. Like, I don't, I don't like these terms star or whatever, but a, a, yeah. a, a, a real player that, a, you know, it's, it's not like he's going to develop more. I really do believe it. He's going to get even bigger, but he's, he's already at a level that is beyond most of the people on the pitch at this point, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he, he, in my mind, he's there, you know, and he's, he's only getting better. Yeah. It, it is fun, fun to watch. Cause it's like, we know he's been good, but it, it does the things that he's able to do keep getting more and more, um, consistent and intricate and yeah the the, the skill set keeps growing and i love love to watch it build yeah and then speaking of building the, the next goal <laughs> from uh Chassard, what are your thoughts on that one yeah he the that area around the outside of the box especially at the top it is becoming almost automatic that if we can get a pass to a player in that zone whether it's Odegaard or Trissard or whoever it is making that uh, that late run or kind of that that pullback space, um, their that low hard hit shot is just automatic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, it is fun to to see the team just kind of click into that mode and and they start working towards those areas. And they know where the pass needs to be, and somebody's going to be there. All Ultrasard has to do is just swing through, and I think that is something he's very good at—is making good contact on those sorts of um, passes. And so I think, as long as they can continue to get him or Odegaard, or uh, you know, finding that space and finding those passes seems to be becoming easier and easier because the team team is just starting to. Um, ex- expect that you know they they know where to look when when to make that happen and and Saka lays it in there perfectly all all Trissard has to do is just slot it home and I I love to see uh, love to see Trissard continuing to um, find his his true form this season so it's it's going to be really fun to see what he can do with a full season with the team yeah I mean and as you're saying, like that, that top of the box, you, you know, whether it's Chassard or it's, it's, it's Odegaard, you put it in that, that spot, they're just going to, to bury it is, I mean, moving on to the, the Odegaard goal, it was like, you could see exactly what's going to happen before he scored that Odegaard got that ball and you can see him kind of, he almost took that shot when he first received the ball and he, he just saw that it wasn't exactly perfect. And he kind of like pushed it forward a little bit more and saw that window open and it was a tiny window. When you actually look at that goal, the defender almost got to it to block the shot, but it was just in Mm. between two defenders in a space, not too much bigger than the ball and then slotted it right into the corner of the goal. It was a, it was, you know, you, it was just one line that you had to hit. And he he did that, and, and you know Odegaard is also finding those the, those spots and doing that. So, you know, it it's got to be hard for teams to defend because if they 
sit down block you know put three people on Sokka so he can't get the low the uh, angle shot you're guarding uh Jesus or Enkedi or whoever's being the striker to in the box to like drop it you're leaving these spaces for Trissard and Odegaard to really just like sling it in mm-hmm. and we can't forget the 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 third goal from uh I believe it's Trissard to Jesus mm-hmm. um the 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 cross looked kind of wafted and I was like oh it's just gonna fizzle out and go across the field and no, it ends up like perfectly controlled by Jesus. I mean, he just stopped that ball on a dime, just left a little spin on it and slots it. I mean, it just, ah, oh, it's beautiful. And it, it, another, another player that I'm really excited to see get his form back because it, it, it's weird to think that we've already gone through a, a, a injury spell with him and now he's he's back with the team and and finding his his way back into form um jesus i think is another player that if if we can get him going and and add him into the mix a little bit more than he was able to do last last season um he's he's got such potential i mean it's not we know what he's able to do, but I feel like we haven't seen everything yet with Arsenal. We've we've gotten tastes of it. And and he's another player, like when I was thinking about this podcast, I really wanted to, to single out as having an, an amazing game today. I thought everything he was doing was just so, so just on point. And, and this isn't any shade to Enkedia or anyone else we have that plays that striker position. I think what Jesus offers is just more than anyone else we have in that position. He he does he does everything that everyone else does, but has more presence off the ball, like is drawing defenders away, really being part of the play as well as can finish the ball and put it in the back of the net. One of the, you know, one of the things is he is the most experienced Champions League player on our team. Mm. You know, is with maybe the exception of Jorginho, I don't know the uh, actual games to Jorginho because Jorginho is a Champions League winner. <laughs> and, right. uh, uh, but uh, as far I think he has something in the 20s or 30s of Champions League goals himself. And you really felt that quality in this game that you really did see that he is an experienced Champions League player. And I'm, I'm really hoping he can put together a healthy run of games where he doesn't get injured again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just, when he's looking comfortable with this team, he, he does so many things um, that we, we don't necessarily have from Enkedia. Um, You know, the hold up play, the way he's able to control the ball and, and move out on the break. Uh, he's I, I, pretty, pretty much a key piece to how this team ticks without necessarily having him score every game. He, he still makes everybody else work a little bit better. Uh, and when he is scoring, it's like, well, that takes all the pressure off. And that's just like icing on the cake. If you can get him to um, add to the goal scoring as well, because I don't necessarily expect him to score every game, but if he can score at least every other game, then mm-hmm. we're in really good shape. Yeah, and especially when you start talking about the goal threats that like 
uh, we saw a little bit of this last year, but I think we're seeing more of it is that goals are coming from all over the pitch right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't know where to defend because you have Jesus, Trissard, uh, Saka, Odegaard, all regularly scoring goals at this point. And, you know, our defenders haven't really chipped into the level they did last year. And I think it's, it's causing, it's going to cause problems for teams where they don't know where to defend and where on the pitch to defend. You know, you, you can stop us from the low block, but then we'll score from outside the box or on a set piece. Like, you know, right. I, and, and I think there's still so much potential from players that are, are getting starts um, from players that we saw come into this game. I, there, uh, the the Reese Nelson and Emil Smith Rowe getting time in this game. I think we're they both looked really good. Um, I mean, I, I thought uh, Smith Rowe well. Well, I did not love Reese Nelson's uh, input I to just, the game. I like his hustle because he's when, when his he's the one that pa- ended up passing the, passing the ball to um, Odegaard on the goal. So I think he gets the assist on that one, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't I don't think he necessarily had enough game time to get on a roll. I mean, he he's he's shown that he doesn't need much game time to be effective, but um I think his his best attribute off the bench is that he hustles and mm-hmm. forces teams to really work. And so I don't know that he had enough time to do what he's best at, but when he was involved in the game, he was making the defender have to work. And I think yeah, that's I, what you want late in the game. I do see that. I, I do see his hustle, and he did uh, hustle, especially for that Odegaard goal. But uh, he was fairly sloppy on several of his passes and his touches. Yeah. And I, like, I mean, I, I, I think it's kind of, I don't know, churlish to to really criticize anyone because I think this was a complete team performance and everyone did well. But I as for Reese Nelson just wasn't he didn't make a case for me to like be regularly starting off that performance. No, I don't think he's there yet. I think um, I for him and for uh, for Smith Rowe, I think more game time definitely needed, and getting a cameo in the uh, Champions League is a great sign for both of them mm-hmm. to hopefully continue to get minutes off the bench and if that's in champions league or um FA cup Carabao cup wherever they're finding uh their moments hopefully they're able to continue to make the case to be coming off the bench or even starting in the premier league i i don't it still feels like there's a big gap between them starting in the champions league or starting in the premier league but i think we just got to get got to see more especially from smith smith row mm-hmm. I, I he got a big reception from everybody at the um, stadium. So I think there's a desire to see him succeed with the team. And I hope Arteta gives him the minutes that he needs to actually have that happen. Cause I think somebody asked him about it after the game and he was, he, he was very pleased for with the reception that he got and said he really deserves it. So I think he, he sees that there there's potential there and there's excitement there from the crowd, but whatever is holding him back from getting the, the regular minutes, I hope that, uh, Arteta is able to uh, get him what to, what he needs because he he was a ten goal scorer not too long ago, mm-hmm. so he definitely has that potential to be to chip in with this um, scoring group, 
this this season as well. Yeah, and I I don't know if there's much more you want to talk about the game other than I was going to transition into a, a possible place that Smith Rowe could get minutes, which is um, Kai Havertz. Hmm. Yeah, we could, we I I was holding back on talking about Kai. Uh, should we, should we talk about our question that yeah, came in I about Kai? Yeah, yeah, I think it's the time. We've, we've talked uh, a lot of positives. I think there's a, a little time for some, some <laughs> constructiveness. Sure. Uh, this one comes from, from the King, uh, Mr. Monilis, uh, <laughs> th- that Havertz miss might have converted me into a hater. I, it's still fresh though. So maybe I can be talked off the edge. Does he do enough in midfield to justify his spot? Would we be better off with Elneny, Jorginho, and Rice up a little, or Rice and ESR, Vieira? There's, there's, there's some combos there. Where are we better off without Havertz in the lineup at this point? Yeah. So I, 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 I think addressing the first part of the the question first. I, I, I do feel, <laughs> Mister uh, Jonathan King Monias, I. Uh, I'm I'm really trying to keep an open mind about Havertz. I, I really am trying. And I say this every week. You see where the positions he gets in and you see why people like him and are, are giving him time of day, why coaches really value him. Mm. He just cannot finish for the life of him. And it's getting to the point where it's not just, uh, you know, I think my thing was like, oh, he was in a dysfunctional Chelsea team. So maybe if he gets some better players around him, he'll get a little bit more confidence and be able to do it. We're starting to see a trend here at Arsenal. That's So it's not just the last like three games with Arsenal. It's his three years previously with Chelsea. And I'm... My general feeling is he's not justifying a starting position from his game time. And that they're, mm. the, you know... I think that second pairing that uh, he was talking about, Rice in the midfield with either Vieira or Smith Rowe, is looking more attractive to me as a starting position. I, I'm I'm not ready to fully wholesale give up on Havertz yet. He's, I mean, for one thing, he's expensive. <laughs> right. I, I don't want to like just throw that money down the toilet, but uh, he just, in my mind, he's just not. He's not delivering it so you know like yeah i I think i'd rather see if we're looking more defensively more controlling putting Jorginho in that position and if we're looking to be a little bit more proactive having smithrow or uh, Vieira in that position seems to make more sense to me what are your thoughts i i think he has some qualities that are nice to have i think his hold-up play is decent Mm mm-hmm um, but his passing has, has not been consistent. His shooting has been awful, but you can see he's, he's dripping with the lack of confidence. It's, it's just when he had a breakaway, uh, a confident player would have gone at the keeper, but he held the ball up and it ultimately did lead to Odegaard's goal, I believe. But it, 
it, it you could just tell he just wasn't confident enough to do to take on that defender to to take the shot to put himself into a position because when when you're in that breakaway the the case can be made that a player of the caliber he's supposed to be should be taking a shot and creating a, a, a you know a rebound situation there rather than um what happened granted we scored but i just felt like it wasn't what i would want from the guy that's leading the line in that moment i appreciate the hold up play and that he was able to retain the ball but i think he uh could do a bit more if he was a, a little more confident and it's just it's unfortunate to see somebody that's um getting a starting position on a high quality team like arsenal playing like they don't belong there or don't feel like they belong there yeah, I mean, so, I, that's I sad. Think, I, I agree with you with the confidence that, you know, and it's kind of a chicken and the egg situation with confidence. It's a, it's a hard nut to crack because the only way to get confidence is to, to get in those positions and then finally get your goal and really work from that. But at a certain point, you have to do what's best for the team as well. And, and, and realize that like one player's trying to get one player's confidence, unless you really, really truly believe that they're going to get back on that train, just takes one moment. You've got to kind of look at putting them at the bench. Like I, I, I really think, you know, we used to do the, like, you know, start bench drop thing mm-hmm. or in early days in our uh, podcast. And I would, definitely be not saying drop but i would say bench there's a a lot of players that are deserving the minutes on their their performances more at least deserving a start and then seeing if you can't get his confidence back by putting him off the bench at a uh at a moment maybe where we're leading the game or is in in a more advantageous position for him where there's not as much pressure yeah i think him coming off the bench gives us a lot of tactical flexibility late in games you know you'll see him um come in and replace a midfielder or he can come in and uh play up front uh he can play from the wing if we need him he he can do a lot of different positions the problem is he's not he's not playing better than any starters and he's not playing 10 you know when you look at what what emile smith rowe has done in the past I don't know that Havertz is playing at that level. And given the opportunity, I think we're more likely to see Smith Rowe get back to that than we are Havertz get to that 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 goal scoring level. So I, I would give the minutes to the player that has more recently shown the quality that you that you need in that position. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think- especially with Vieira too, he's been really turning it on. I think he's he's made more of a case to to be starting than. Havertz or Smith Rowe. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say is when you're seeing the performance Vieira has been doing off the bench, even when he's not, you know, scoring, he's still looking active and attacking and dangerous and really making a case. And, you know, like I don't see the back end, I don't see training, that sort of thing, but I can't, um, I, I'm, I would be, baffled if he if Havertz continues to get the starts yeah I think with rotation and and the the games that we need to play that Havertz will see the field I just I think he needs to be coming off the bench to 
find his form rather than starting to find his form. Because mm-hmm. there are people who have come off the bench and found their form in Vieira. And I think you have to reward that. Yeah. And I, I just don't, at this point, we don't, we're at the point of our, our, our development of a squad where we're at a window where we don't have the luxury to be developing players at this point or really, really trying to like find players forms. You know, that was three, four years ago when we were doing with Sokka and Smithrow and trying to, to, we, we had, not the luxury, but we were the will to try and develop these players right now. We just need players and we need players who are winning and improving themselves at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's, um, he's one to watch. I think mm-hmm. if, if you could get a little bit more out of him, he's got some attributes that are really interesting, but it's just not coming together. So yeah, if mean- it, it, it doesn't matter what the potential is if it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do have a lot of time a day for him, and I'm, I'm really trying to, to be very even-handed with him because, you know, as I said, he, he gets in the position. Like the fact that he's missing those shots means that he's in the right position, and like they should be gimmies, you know, which not every player can get into those positions to not make that shot. If that, I know that sounds kind of silly, but like, yeah. You, he's doing a lot of things right, and you can see that when he does connect. As I, I go back to the German national team, when he's playing in the German national team, he has been converting those chances. When he's mm-hmm. uh, when he played in Germany, he was on a regular basis converting those chances. So it's there. There's just something there, and it, it, I mean, it could be the case that he just can't make this next step up you know like the premier league is a is a tougher league and is a a step up and maybe he just isn't going to be able to make that full full step up but i i see why coaches spend time on him and i really want to 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 give him that full shot but he's he's i'm not having a huge amount of confidence in him right now yeah all right. Well, we've got <clears throat> we've got a huge game coming up this weekend <laughs> as well. All right. It's hard to talk about a Champions League game and then say we've got something even bigger. But the North London Derby is usually um, about as big as they come for us, even mm-hmm. though it's um, early in the season. Not a lot riding on this yet, but it's about the pride. And we're talking about a team that's ahead of us right now. I goal differential. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it would, you know, when you're talking about a couple goals separating this team, these teams, um, this is the chance to overtake and, and put some space in between us and them. And I think that would be a nice cherry on the, the cake that is this week um, to, to end it with, uh, oh, Derby win is is would be huge. I I and it's funny. I do think this is actually a giant game that's kind of snuck up on on me at least. Like I, I was sure. so focused on Champions League and and things that I kind of forgot that this game was coming up. But that it, as as this game has come up, we it's a huge game. And when you you look at Tottenham, 
I'm going to preface this with I hate Tottenham with so much of my soul and I, I always want them to lose and I always look for them to lose. They look like we were about two, three years ago this season right now. They're really starting to put things together. I I do have a lot of time a day for their manager. I, 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 I find it hard to hate their manager. It was easy when it was a uh, Mourinho or Pochettino. I could, uh, I could, uh, I, could dislike their personalities, but with uh, the pasta, pasta, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Yeah, pasta cago. <laughs> but he he seems like a, a very genuine character. He's a, a he has a, a way, and he's been putting results in. I mean, he I I think everyone's been looking at Tottenham to slip up this year because they were the one of the banter clubs last year and they haven't yet and they've you know I've seen a couple of their games and they they do look dangerous I think this is going to be a very hard test for us I'm I'm I don't have a lot of swagger coming into this game I think this is going to be a rough and tumble I think this is going to be a very contested game I think this is going to be a hot game I would bet the over under on a couple or at least one red card in the game mm, I, yeah i, I can think, see it i think there's going to be a lot of meaty challenges it's going to be a tough game there's going to be goals i don't see a clean sheet in our future uh unfortunately uh son is looking like he's picking up back up his form they have some handy players it, it's going to be a difficult one and it's it's going to be a nervy one i'm yeah i'm nervous about this game yeah, I, I feel the same. And I think it <clears throat> could equally be considered a, a bit of a trap game. I think when you're coming off your first Champions League game, there could be a little bit of a letdown. I, it's hard to keep the level up sometimes when it, you've got two big games in a row. Um, it, it can be challenging to maintain that that uh, composure and excitement when you put a lot into this this game today uh but if ever you're going to dig in and find the the energy and the the things that you need it's going to be against your rivals so if maybe this game more than any we are able to rise to the occasion because it's it's Tottenham and we have to you can't you can't can't let down you can't slack off and and especially if you're Wanting to stay in the picture in the Premier League, you got to beat the the team that's sitting in second place. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting back to our question or, or our discussion earlier, is Ramsdale starting? Uh, I, I think that's a real test of what Arteta's intentions are. If he doesn't start, then it's Raya's to lose. Mm-hmm. If he if he does start, then it's going to be a a tactical decision every week. Yeah. I think like it, the interesting thing is if Raya starts, it puts him under so much pressure because the second Raya makes a mistake, you're going to get every, and every goalkeeper eventually makes a mistake. There's, there's no keeper mm-hmm. in the world that's not made a mistake in, in, in their life. And the second he makes that mistake, you're going to have the entire fan base clamoring for, for Ramsdale. And so he has to know that that pressure is so on him, and especially in this game, which is one of, if not the biggest derbies 
in the world. Yes. Yeah, it's it would be interesting to see how Riot reacts in this sort of game. We have haven't seen that yet. Got a limited sample size of him mm-hmm. with Arsenal, so him jumping into a a, a derby game is going to be uh, a big test if that is the case. But I think that's an argument to maybe putting Ramsdale in because he has done this before, so he's not going to be distracted by the extra stuff that comes with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think of, are, is there any other surprises you think? Is there going to be any rotation this game? Um, I could see Tommy Asu getting a start in this one. I think his defensive capabilities would be um, welcome. Uh, I think he would, he would be a good, good shout there. Um, I, I, I don't know Martinelli's status. I have no idea how long he is going to be out, but he's probably, I'm guessing he's not going to be back in for this. If, if he is available, it'd be off the bench would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't know what his status is though. I don't know his status. I, I, you know, just from my cautious point of view, I would say it's a don't risk it. It, you know, especially mm-hmm. because there are capable people to fill his shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. That I wouldn't risk uh, it unless you were a hundred percent confident that it was just a small knock, right? And you do have a a hot Trissard, yeah, who could end up having a great week if he ends up scoring in the derby as well. <laughs> Gosh, uh, and and I think uh, I I don't think you see Havertz. I don't. I think I think Vieira, Smith Rowe, somebody like that would would be a better start. I mean, yeah. I, intellectually i i you know we were just having the conversation about Havertz. i just i, I don't think he starts this game mm-hmm. i think fiera has shown that he deserves this start i i see Havertz on the bench and i wouldn't be surprised if he does get some minutes but i think you start Vieira in that spot or even smith Rowe, as you said again who's someone who's played this derby and knows knows what it means right yeah i am those are the those are the positions that that come to my mind. Uh, Jesus starting. Yes, he's starting to look good. I think you get him in there. I I can't make the argument that Enkedia is going to be leagues better, and I think the things that Jesus does that Enkedia doesn't, you're going to need in this game. So I would give it to him. No, otherwise, I, I mean, to center back is easy. <laughs> I think it's leaving Gabriel. Mm, I think Jin- so as well. Jinchenko still. Yeah, I think he's he's still in the best eleven there. But um, yeah, I, I I guess if if Tommy Asu plays, I don't know if it ends up being on the left or the right. I guess it depends on the, what the matchup is. Because he, yeah. he can be kind of a shutdown back if he needs to be. So maybe you pair him against one of the, um, against some or something like that. I mean, the, the thing is, is like, I can't see dropping White at this point because White White was another player we didn't really talk about during the Champions League game. Mm. But I thought, felt like he had a great game, was attacking, was really dynamic. And yeah, I can't see. Uh, I did not- White. I can't. I can't remember. White played on 
against Everton, right? Let's see where the Yes. I totally know this. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, White played against Everton. Or started against Everton. Yeah, I that would be the only thing is um it, what does White or Zinchenko where do you tactically what do you tactically need in this game? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think having somebody who's going to take Son out of the game or at least can hang with him is important. Um, but defensively, we're going to have to be pretty sound across the board. So mm-hmm. maybe you you stick to the the lineup that works the best together or has the most experience together. And throwing Tomiyasu into that might might disrupt a little too much. Yeah, I mean, I could see, like, I, I love Zinchenko, but he's not the most, like, shut down defender. Mm-hmm. So you could, I could see Tommy also coming in for Zinchenko to start if you're worried about shutting, being a more defensive back line. Mm-hmm. But Zinchenko offers so much going the other way. Yeah. I mean, we saw, we saw some of what Tommy also can do from deep in the, the national, the national team game against, uh, Germany. I mean, he was picking out passes from from downtown and and hitting them pretty easy. So we know Tommy Asu has that capability, but when it comes to the build up from the bags, and Jenko is so important. So I don't know. I think I think you. I, I would lean towards keeping Zinchenko in, but as you said, White had such a good game. So um, I think t- Tommy Tommy Asu is is the, maybe the odd man out, but he he is very capable defender who I think does well in big games. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he, he popped in there somewhere, but you got a great sub off the bench either way. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that we have, we haven't had, which is tactical flexibility off the bench that you can really, depending on how the game starts and goes, you can really change the shape of the team off the bench. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would expect to see. Let's see, Trissard, Jesus, Saka. Mm-hmm. We'll go Vieira, Rice, Odegaard, Zinchenko, mm-hmm. Gabriel, Saliba, White, and keeper Ramsdale. We'll go Ramsdale. Yeah, I think oh, the, yeah. the point made earlier about Ramsdale having the uh, the the fire, the shit housery, the the it, I think. It would be a better Derby in a lot of ways to have Ramsdale in, just because I think he he would spice oh, yeah. it up. Oh yeah, he he knows he knows how to press those buttons. Um, Raya may may not have the experience to do that yet, mm-hmm. or have that in his wheelhouse at all. I think that's a skill set in Ramsdale's <laughs> favor. Totally. Uh, all right. Um, we answered our questions this week and so i think we're good unless you have anything else you want to add on the donna match nope just gonna be nervous <laughs> yeah it's it's a 6 a.m match on sunday Oof. so i'm gonna be in a tent camping maybe i'll have service maybe not i have no idea I'm going to be at a, uh, I, uh, my good friend's getting married on the Saturday. So we'll see my state on a Sunday morning. I, I have a strong yeah. feeling it's going to be a replay game. Uh-huh. I might have to do the same when I get, whenever I get back to civilization. 
I'm um, staying with my really good friend Keith, who's a huge Arsenal fan. So we may uh, both uh, try and rally and oh, uh, watch up. the game. Yeah, if, if you got somebody to watch it with, you got to get up. Yeah. Just just maybe start drinking again early. Yeah. Yeah. And drive home. Morning, morning beers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have made a decision that I'm making an, an executive decision right now. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm. I'm sick of our outro Mm. I'm going to say it I'm going to tell everybody I'm sick of saying the same thing every week so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say thank you for listening if you want to find us on the internets go check our show notes (laughs) I'm going to put all the things I normally say in the show notes Yeah. so you all can go click on it there and I don't have to repeat myself every week and you don't have to listen to me stumble over my words (laughs) So I think that's be- it's what's best for all of us. Yeah. I'm with it. So, I'm here for it. Okay. Yeah. And, and you can click on things. I know you're yeah. all capable of doing that. So uh, so with that being said, that's it for us this week. And as always, see you at the next gun show. <laughs>